Hello, Griffin. Hello, Tom. Hello, everybody else. Thank you for listening to Tandem Draft. If you're listening to this, it is at least February 21st, and we watched the Daytona 500. We thought that the uh, 24 hours of Daytona uh, was in January. However, uh, we had, man, I don't know, for some teams, it was like the 36 hours of Daytona. It was a wild experience for most. Wild experience for most. Yeah. Um, We will get into all of it. Um, From the start of qualifying all the way through the final lap, that was. Um, But man, all in all. I know we had to wait for it, but it was kind of one of the best weekends of racing we've had. Yeah. Like when I look at, I mean, we didn't start off and we'll talk about all of it, but it didn't start off great uh, in terms of the racing quality. Right. On yeah. Friday night. Yeah. Um, in terms of points racing, that is. But man, did uh, Monday, the 800 miles of racing we saw on Monday was some of the greatest racing I've ever seen. Yes. And uh, so we've also previously hinted at wanting to review the Netflix documentary. Um, I'm going to vote we wait to do that for a week of racing that we don't like because there's just too much to we do. We have too much. We have too much to discuss here. Too much to discuss. Uh, it was it truly and like it was yes or yeah yesterday because today's tuesday this comes out wednesday monday uh was some of the greatest racing that i've seen in a in a very very long time and i'm very excited to discuss it with you um so here we go why not just get right into it uh qualifying happens and the toyotas were nowhere to be found and the Fords yeah. and the Fords were super fast. Yes, uh, this it really seemed. It was like really uh, apparent because the the Toyotas they're all like 29th or worse, like all in a line. It was and qualifying at Daytona, it's really all about the setups and everything. It's all about the teams. It's not about the driver as much. But it was really just the Chevy and Ford. The Fords were really fast, but the Chevys were in there. But the Toyotas were just not there at all. So. Yeah. It really set off some panic alarms. Not that, the, not that the single car runs are super telling of what the cars are going to be like, but yeah, it was uh, a little scary at first. Um, the big thing was um, not only was uh, Chevy's lock on the Daytona 500 pole gone, which they have held every year since 2013. So 2013 onward, they have been on the pole for the 500. Uh, Alex Bowman's seven like consecutive seven front row yeah. starts yeah that one also ended because he qualified he, he ended up starting the race in the top 10 i believe with the with the duels but he didn't even make the final round of qualifying um turned out okay for him in yeah. the end yeah uh honestly uh after we got through the the race but um yeah this was a ford show we had two yellow fords um that looked very similar to each other that uh stood on the front row for the Daytona 500. We had Joey Logano and Michael McDowell up front. Um, front row motorsports for Michael McDowell, finally living up to their name. I don't know if they've, how many front row starts that team <laughs> yeah. has ever produced. Very cool um, to see though, because Michael McDowell, of course, he won the 500 a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just, that's just a guy that's been around a lot. And at first wasn't getting the funding that all the other teams were getting and and not getting very powerful, powerful cars to keep up with the pace. Then he started to prove himself a little bit. And now he's up there with the big dogs almost every single week, it seems like. And it's very fun to see. So Michael McDowell's story is so like in 2007, 
my dad and I went to an ARCA race at Chicago and a guy driving the number two Dodge won, and it was Michael McDowell. Um, and then the next year he, speaking of Michael McDowell and qualifying, he had a crash in qualifying at Texas in the Aaron's dream machine where he flipped several times. It was really the first big test of the car tomorrow's durability. And he walked away and everything. And unfortunately, or fortunately for Michael, that crash became his career highlight for almost 15 years. Yeah. Very long yeah. time. He, it was a long, long time. Like that crash. Um, to the point I did a college pro I did like a college paper on it. Um, which was fun. Uh, he got me an A plus, which was great. Right. Um, but yeah, the, that, that became his career highlight. And there was times where I remember after a duel in 2010, he was driving a car, an unsponsored car and he's crying cause he just made the Daytona 500 and they didn't think that they could. Um, and he was bounced around. He finally found some footing with Levine family racing in the 95, uh, left them and took over the 34. And from there that he's really just been the cornerstone of that team. Um, he's had to be the mentor for a bunch of rookies and they finally settled on Todd Gilliland, who has been their first driver other than Michael that they've kept for more than a year and, a, and forever. Um, and that team's just really on the upswing. He won the 500 then he just smoked everybody at Indianapolis last year. Um, and now he's on the pole and now he's on the pole. He's, he was on the front row for the Daytona 500 and nobody's surprised. Like yeah. that's the cool thing for him is after all this time. And it's not like he went to a big team or anything. He, he helped build this team and it came out this week. He had been offered several times a, a spot at Stuart Haas racing. And if that's telling about there and he, he said no to them and people were talking about loyalty and everything, but I'm like, Hey, I don't know, man, if I'm right. If I'm given the choice in 2024, I'd probably stick. I'd, I'd pick front row too. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. So yeah, he starts second. It was really cool to see. It was fun to see how he was going to handle himself in the dual races and see if he was going to hang up there and try to get the points or if he was just going to fall back. Um, but we'll get to the, get to the duels now. Um, so we had the duels. Those happened as scheduled on Thursday night. Um, it, they happened. Uh, I think the, the thing that, I will take away most is Ryan Blaney gets spun again and he has another wreck that looks exactly like Dale Earnhardt's crash. Yes. And nobody yeah. take, nobody talks about that being exactly like Dale's wreck, but that like two times now I've seen Ryan Blaney wreck like that. And it's exactly like Dale's wreck. Yeah, it was, he wrecked it in the, in the August race last year in turn four, like pancaked the, uh, the safer barrier up against the concrete wall did the same here, uh, same angle. And plus last year he had that crash at Nashville where he just hit the, the non safer yeah. wall. Yeah. Um, and he's still a champion. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. He, we saw him win Talladega. He, you know, he, he's getting through them all, but man, he get him an Excedrin sponsorship or something, man, this damn kid's got a headache. Yeah. So, yeah. So that happens. But the first, the first race up until that point was pretty tame, pretty chill. Uh, but it wasn't boring. It, it was wasn't still, like it was tense. It, it was, was very tense because you and, knew that something like this was going to happen because right. they were. I mean, it was they. It was really like you shook up a, a can of soda and just looked at it for a while. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it was yeah. And, you knew something was going to happen. And the the best part to me about Daytona is and Talladega. Like these restrict these restrictor plate races are the like the Fords and the Chevys and Toyotas all having to work together. 
Mm -hmm. um, and them doing pit strategies. And if you were just like half a second off with your pit stop, you're not in the draft anymore. Like you have to be on it. And so it just gets the teams more involved. And I, and I've always liked that. And so going into the duels, I was like, I can't wait to see who goes when. And we saw him and, Unlike qualifying, the Toyotas absolutely dominated. They, they were, were so, so fast. fast. Like so fast. So fast. So fast that I noticed that uh on a sports book that I will not name because I'm not naming it until we get sponsored. Money from them, yeah. Um the the odds for a Toyota to win the race went from like plus six hundred to like plus two fifty after the duels because they mm-hmm. were that fast. Like it was ridiculous how fast yes. that they were yeah and then it, uh, it it i know we're not done with the duels but it carried over to friday practice when they were practicing and they were over a second faster than the than everyone else yeah it was like everybody was scared like yeah. oh god okay guess they race fine right um both duels had great finishes um yeah uh first one was was bell the first uh yeah bell, bell was the first. Oh, no or i think or it was reddick was reddick was, Red- was, was the first one Sorry. so he won yeah um and it's not like he was out front the whole time. There was a lot of moving and shaking. But yeah, um, the reason I kind of forgot who won was because the battle uh, that really got everybody going was Jimmy versus Yaley. Um, so Jimmy was up front pretty much the whole time until he got caught up in, in a mess. Yeah, a little well, mess. until we went to commercial and then we came back from commercial and saw Jimmy had spun out. Yes. Yeah. Which we'll get to the broadcasting. Don't you worry. I, yeah, I don't want to even talk about it, uh, but we're going to have to. Um, but yeah, that put Jimmy and Yaley pretty much on top of each other. And if, um, it was the last lap and Yaley was in and Johnson was out and there was really no hope of that changing. Yeah. There's no run coming, nothing until a couple drivers checked up. Jimmy picked the lane behind Chastain and he got pushed by Truex. Then he just barely got him at the line. It was, it was wild. It was wild. I was watching that too. I feel bad, like Yaley, you know, like Yaley didn't know that he was racing in this race until Monday. Right. Or something. I don't know, because Biffle was supposed to be in the car, but they didn't pay him. Um, but <laughs> man, that interview, he got choked up and to God, that really sucks because yeah. he's, he's never been in a position. It's been a long time since he's been in a position where, OK, I'm in the car and it's my team and blah, blah, blah. Like, right. When he was in the 18 car, he was the weak link. And then he's just been bouncing around since then. And he hasn't raced to this race. It's almost been 10 years. So it's like there were a couple of years he didn't enter, but he is DNQ'd in the 55 car, the 44 yeah. car. Like, it's, I really hope it's that been rough. I really hope that uh, like in the next, maybe next year in the, in the races to come that he gets another opportunity in some sort of capacity. Cause that would be cool. Yeah, um, uh, he's got he's had good run like at Portland a couple of years ago in the rain. He had a good run in the in the yeah. 66 car when that when that race was a mess, too. But yeah, uh, he's never won a NASCAR National Series race. I hope someday, you know, one falls into his lap just as a like they like it happened to Dave Blaney, yeah. like just as a here you go, kid, like 40 years of trying 40 years of yeah. frustration. Just give him something. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So Reddick or yeah, Reddick wins the first duel. Christopher Well wins the second duel. There's a whole lot of race cars that were torn up between the two races. Yep. Kyle Busch is going to the back. Uh, Ryan Emmerich, Blaney went to the back. Yeah. Like uh, Brad Keselowski had to go to the back. Like all, there were plenty of guys that had to go to the back. And so 
Toyotas look super fast. And then on in practice, they're dominating again. Mm-hmm. Um, and P- and everybody completely ruled out the Chevys, even though they had a, they had a few Chevys that were starting up in the front thanks to the duels because they 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 did their pit stops picture perfect like they did fantastic work with their pitting, um, so that sets the lineup for the Daytona 500. So we will get to the Daytona 500, but before the Daytona 500 happened, the truck race happened, and it was a mess. It wasn't even a race; it was just a mess. Yeah, we had an average green flag run of 4.1 laps. It was miserable. Yes. everyone. There was no respect. And, like, trucks really needed a good... It sucks that we relied on Daytona for the trucks to have a good race after Phoenix, like, to show them. And next week's Atlanta, so it's not going to be any better. Right. But they got... I Okay. Can I give deliver a hot take? Oh. We got a... No more plate races for the trucks. Yes, they suck. I think that it sucks the big, to see the big races should be. And it wasn't like this at Talladega when we like we were there and it wasn't like this. No, uh, I mean, it was the first time we went when there literally was a crash for the win. But like it wasn't like this when we were there. But like Daytona, it's just it just ain't right. Like arca 2 arc i don't know i feel like it's okay for arca because there's the field it gets too like it doesn't develop too much of a pack because there's a huge spread in performance there's among no that need field, for them but, to be out there either yeah man like it, it's been fun it's been cool but unless we change something about the quality of racing we see in the truck series between the driver and it's honest like it's not the trucks it's the drivers like something's got to change there um and the point has been made, Bubba Wallace was talking about, like, I know, you know, cup guys stink up the show, but man, if you pull a move like that in front of Kyle Busch or Kevin Harvick, um, who would, used to race these races all the time, you got taught. Yeah. <laughs> you got taught quick. what happened. Yeah. Yeah. When, when there was guy, even guys that were not cup guys at the time, like veterans, like Hornaday, Sprague. Uh, Musgrave, like you didn't screw with them, like yeah. you learned from them. Yeah, you sat under it, the learning tree. Yeah, you and learned it, something racing against. And them. it felt like like a Matt Crafton was going to be that dude. And he, sto- he's, he's just beca- he's, he's just becoming one to of their them. level. Yeah. yeah. Oh he's yeah. Just coming yeah. down and being one of them. It's just yeah, yeah. It's it sucks, man. The the whole series, like, and we talked about it too, of like how happy we were that Haley Deacon got out of there. Yes. Frankie yeah. Muniz just skipped it completely. Skipped it entirely. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of, uh, I have some news that I just saw about two minutes ago. Okay. Um, a Well, it's not news. It was a leak. Um, a picture of a logo that said Gase Muniz Motorsports. So um, Frankie was driving for Joey Gase's team this weekend. He'll be racing for them again in Phoenix. It looks like um, this team, uh, they've kind of merged. So that's cool. Okay. Um, last year, Joey Gase and Patrick Emerling were partners, and Patrick is no longer part of the team. Um, but yeah, it looks like Frankie Muniz is putting his money where his mouth is. He's invested in a team. And he's got, all of a sudden, he's side. a driver owner. Yeah, how about that? Take that, and Junior. <laughs> yeah, and that sucks because he had some shit to turn. He, he had one tr- card not make the race and another one torn up. So. Right, yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll talk about Xfinity. Um, uh, but the trucks, yeah, um, it, I mean, I, it's, it feels weird to say this. After, you know, like I went to in 2006, it was either the 2006 or 2007 
uh, Bush race at Chicago set the record for most cup guys, most full-time cup drivers racing in the Xfinity race, the then Bush race. There was Hamlin, Harvick, Casey Mears, Jamie McMurray, Dale Jr., Carl Edwards, Greg Biff, every single, like all of them, they were all there. Um, and that year, 2006, only two, only two full-time, only two Bush series drivers won races at all. And one of them was making was running a part time cup schedule, and the other one was driving a cheated up car that they just kind of let go, um, and then David Gilliland made a career out of that one win. But um, you got to have somebody in there. Like Kyle Busch is going to race at Atlanta this year or today the, this week in the trucks, which is weird. It's the first time he's raced in uh, a super speedway race in a lower series since he broke his legs. Sure. He's, he hasn't run any other series at, at those tracks since, so that's weird. But like, that's the kind of guy you'd need there. And that you don't even have him as a owner anymore in the series. Like, yeah. He's gone. I would almost like, if I were Kyle and I saw last week, I'd almost just be like, no thanks. Like, right. you guys are right. a problem. Well, yeah. Yeah. But like, that's what I'm thinking. Like, stuff like Ty, like, that's why I was excited about Ty Dillon going there. Cause I mean, he's not going to set the world on fire but he's won truck races before he's won an xfinity 10 years ago but he's raced with cup drivers for almost 10 years yeah and he's not a guy that ruffles feathers you know he's he's smart um that's somebody that can help these guys but then who else do you have like if i'm a cup if i'm gonna burn money in the truck series i want to have somebody like right a, like jj yaley i don't know like that would be a benefit my team because he has a wealth of knowledge but hey it could benefit the sport you know these guys that are retiring that um fall by the wayside in the series that are smart guys yeah um i mean we don't have a lot of guys lose rides and then fall like fall away anymore like we had guys like benson and hornaday and sprague that couldn't get rides in these upper tier series that just became career lifers but man like there's there gotta be drivers out there that would could fill this role. Yeah, um, I think, and I think a lot of them don't want to because of what they see at these super speedways and what's happening. Maybe, yeah. And so I think you're onto something with just taking them out for the trucks. Like right. you may be onto, but something it's not, there. and it's not better. But that's the thing. Like it's it's not like the racing is better anywhere else. Like, no, yeah, you you're saw right, Phoenix. But you, like, but I think you have a better chance of teaching and maybe, learning yeah. at not super speedway tracks because here i mean take it from me on i racing like my only wins are on super speedways because mm -hmm. it's like you draft until everybody else wrecks and then you find yourself at the front like that's mm -hmm. how you win a super speedway race these other races like these other tracks it is about getting your car to handle right it is about entering the entering the corners correctly and exiting mm -hmm. them correctly it's about saving tires it's about these fuel things it's about so many different things but with super speedways like they're probably the most dangerous and they're not i'm not saying they're the easiest to win i'm not even saying they're easy to win i'm just saying like it it's a different it's different. it's, it's different. much different it's yeah super different so and i'm going to be honest with you I lost interest in the truck race. I don't even remember who won. I watched it and I don't even remember who won. It was a first time winner. There you Nick go. Sanchez won the race. That's right. Nick Sanchez. I mean, won he's the race. a good kid. He got into a fist fight with Matt Crafton. That's um, right. That was awesome. But he wasn't up front the whole time. You know, it was just. Wait, we were there for the fist fight. 
Yes, we were. We didn't see it, but we were there. We got involved. Yeah, <laughs> we, we broke it up. We broke it up. We broke it up. You're welcome, yeah. guys. So then, after the truck race came the Arca race because of the weather impending on Saturday. They had to move it to Friday right after the truck race at like 1 a.m., basically. And there was a wreck in the first four laps that took Shane out. Yeah. And he ended up getting back in the race, I think, because there was other shots of him in the I don't know if I don't know if he got back in the race. I don't know. But I completely like I'm like, I'm out. I'm yes. sorry. It's but, I have to work in the morning yeah. and it's eleven o'clock. I'm out. <laughs> but also how he made the race is even funnier because qualifying oh my got, God. got rained out, correct? Yes. So no, no, was... no, no. Oh, so qualifying happened. Okay. So Arca has a weird way of doing qualifying. So they don't do single car qualifying. They do like pulses of like five or six cars and they make laps and then that's your time, which is weird because the guy at the back of the group would always have an advantage, whatever, you know, it doesn't, it's not exactly fair, but Shane didn't get a good launch off pit road. So he didn't have the draft. So he essentially made a single car run while everyone else was, was in groups. Packed, yeah. So he was 35th and you needed to be 34th to make the race. And oh, somebody withdrew and then he <laughs> made the race. Um, yeah. So the a, a team, I think it was Eric Caldell um, got $100,000 and ale- allegedly $100,000 and a couple cars um, to withdraw from the race. I would take which that is, deal. Which is more than the race paid. Yep, I would take yep. that deal. Oh, absolutely. Yep, we're going home. We're yeah. making money off this. Good so, job, boys. <laughs> last year, Greg Van Alst, who won the race, the ARCA race, lost money doing so. Mm. That sucks. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Um, But Shane needed to get approval for NASCAR to let him race Xfinity, and he did. Yep. But, man, in the, in four the five laps. laps that he ran, yeah, or Ugh. whatever. And then we had beef. With our girl. Well, yeah. So, um, Tony Breidinger got wrecked and I don't know the fault of anything, but Gus Dean really pissed a lot of people off in that race, but she got wrecked and he ended she, up winning, right? Yeah. He won the race. Yeah. Um, and she gave a fantastic interview, um, with some great sound bites about daddy's money and all that stuff. And while she does have a lot of money backing her, it's not her dad's. Um, so that's something I guess, but yeah, good for her. She stood her ground. But of course, everyone, because uh, everyone's terrible, they said, you know, when when a when a male driver is mad, they're like, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Just like Dale, blah, 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 blah. But when a female driver is mad, they say terrible things and how too emotional, blah, 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 blah. So inter- I don't even want to give time to that. But the Internet is terrible. Um, yeah. We are we support Tony Breidinger. Um, Big time. She she was very she raced very smart the whole time of the truck race. Um, oh, yeah, she was. was yeah, yeah, she was very. um she was very pinpoint yeah. with what she was trying to do. It was and just, she, she got wrecked by somebody else. Yeah. She sucked. got caught up in it in the back and she was, and she was like, that's part of it. I understand that. And then mm-hmm. with Arca, like she just, she just got taken out. She got got yeah. in the top five. Like yeah. she was running in the top five. Yeah. Um, but Hey, you know what? Ultimately Gus Dean's not on billboards all over the country. And she right. is. So, yeah. I went to, um, I went to a Canes today and she was right on the yeah. door. Yeah. What, you know, it does suck because raising Canes is terrible. So that's fine. Well, shout um, out I love you. <laughs> Imagine if they uh, were listening to this, trying to sponsor a podcast, and you said that. I don't want their money. I don't wow, want. Wow, I don't want their, their money. Dirty cane sauce money. Okay, I do want their money. I'm sorry. I will I say whatever. The, I don't even want money. I'll take their stuff for free. I love I, canes. <laughs> you know what? I'll have some Texas toast. I would put a little more sugar in the sweet tea. That's it. That's my only that, thing. You know what? Okay. Yeah. 
every chicken restaurant that has sweet tea just needs to have more sweet in the sweet tea. Uh, well, what is no, it about? I think you just other than to, Bose. I think Bose is the need, only one. I think you just need to go down south because then you oh, just yeah. uh, and then you then it's too much sugar in the tea. Yeah, like Popeye sweet. Tea. Uh oh, we've lost Griffin. I repeat, we have lost Griffin. I don't know how. I don't know why. We have lost Griffin. Okay, I don't know what happened, but we're back. My computer malfunctioned because uh, because Griffin got mad at Canes. Yeah, all I, all I remember was me saying how much I love Raisin Canes and the Canes sauce, which is a trademark um, of Raisin Canes. Yep. Um, I love that they only have chicken tenders, um, and the nothing else. They have a sandwich. Um, Okay, well, that does change everything. They had green lemonade. I like the green lemonade. I don't recall if I saw that today or not. But okay, well, I did have one, canes and it was one, delicious. Yes, and we love canes, always love canes. Uh, the best canes, better than the wrestler cane. Um, so, all right. So, Anyways, yeah, she, Tony. Uh, Tony's our girl. She got wrecked out. She was not happy. So then, yeah. um, between that and the end of the race, I have no idea what happened. Yeah, I stopped I watching asleep. after that uh, because <laughs> it didn't record properly on my TV, and so I was like, you know, whatever. Like, change but not the only, win, yeah, the only big news was Gustine and Jake Finch were leading at the end of the race for their overtime or whatever, um, and Gustine said that he was going to allow Jake to do the teammate restart um, to so fight it out amongst themselves at the end of the race. He said that on the radio and then just didn't do it. And then afterwards said, I just didn't have the heart to do it, of which I hate teammate restarts. I always have. Venturini does them at Daytona every year to win the race. I hate them very much. That makes it no fun. Um, but so I wish that they had the choose rule there. Um, but if you tell your team you're going to do like, yeah, you're not doing yourself any fate like that's. Come on, man. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's, that's just not smart. That's just just dumb. Whatever. That's why he's not on billboards. That's right. And that's why he wasn't out there on the truck race, according to Tony. So Yeah, which was also funny. Yeah, <laughs> Very funny. Yeah. Shout out, Tony. She's a girl. Uh, okay, so then no racing at all on Saturday and no racing at all on Sunday because weather. And it was but sad. by God, we had Xfinity qualifying, and I don't know how yes. we did it. Yeah. yeah. They had they, full they single car qualifying. qualifying. And then, yeah, and then the and then the heavens opened up, and it was just a downpour. Um, and it rained basically all day Saturday and basically all day Sunday to the point where they moved Xfinity pretty early on, on Saturday, but then they announced that they were doing Daytona on Monday at like nine in the morning, which is yeah, like, like there was no shot, <laughs> which is ridiculously early for them to call it, which they did. So kudos to them for doing that. And also kudos to Daytona because they said on Monday, if you had a ticket to either race, you are in for both races if you want to be. So credit to Daytona for doing that. I think that was a fantastic call on their part because the grandstands looked great for the 500 and nobody stuck around for Xfinity, but that's okay. Yeah, there was a yeah, there's just a ton of people there, yes. which is which is great all so, around. So, and you know another thing that I liked about Sunday is they kept the programming on FS1 and on Fox for the pre-game or the, for the pre-race stuff, and mm -hmm. I watched all of it. Because they did all of their like their video things with the different drivers. Drivers mm -hmm. came and did interviews with them. Uh, they interviewed The Rock. Yeah. It was like it was like a race was about to happen, but nobody was there. 
And it was, it was, I thought it was really cool of the drivers to stick with that and still do that, even though they really weren't obligated to. Um, it's kind of like the, what the old trackside live was, you know, like, exactly. They, like, I wish they had a crowd for it, right? But, yeah. They like, were going the kind to of have thing. a like, crowd, but alas, yeah, it's not a pre-race show. It's yeah. just, you know, but there's yeah. people there. So, so I, yeah. So I watched all like three or four hours of the, of the pre-race stuff on Sunday, even though there wasn't a race. Um, but then we get to Monday. Uh, the Daytona 500, one of the best 500s that I've seen in a while. It was yes, it was like, a it was great Daytona 500. I was a little worried at first because mm-hmm. right out of the gate they were too wide. Uh, they were going at like 50% throttle. I was like, oh, they're doing the Talladega thing again. Um, but once they started making pit stops, or there was a caution. That's right. Yeah, there so a there's caution. a caution really early on. on it was that, Jimmy. With, yeah, right? Jimmy and Harrison Burton, yep. Austin Dillon. Oh yeah, that um, was right. It was right yeah. in the trioval. That was that was scary when Harrison Harrison yeah, went right back, back up in the front track. of that. Yeah. Oh, yikes! And 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 Gazgala was right there. Oh, it was so scary. Uh, but everybody was fine. Uh, it, Jimmy got if, caught up. Sorry. Go if on. you had told me right after that that we would have the least amount of cautions in twenty years in the Daytona Five Hundred, I would not have believed you. No, no, um, I wouldn't have either. But, because yeah, so after that, almost the whole field came in. And Blaney didn't. Blaney and Bell and... And Hemrick was and one of Hemrick. them. Hemrick. I think it, it was just yeah. like three or four. It might have been one more person. Yeah. I don't remember. So though. then they go they go back green and they're, they're setting the pace and setting the tone. Mm-hmm. And they like... So they did a great job of explaining this on TV, which this is about the only credit I'm going to give the TV broadcast. Yep. Um, they mentioned that at these super speedways, you see teams all together on the spotter stand, like mm-hmm. all of Hendrick guys, all of Gibbs guys, like, et cetera. So they know where everybody is. So that way, if they have to work with somebody, they can just go up to them and be like, Hey, we got to Like, you want to do this or what, mm-hmm. what the deal is. So bell and, and uh, Blaney's crews get together and they decide, let's just set the pace. And so they bring back the throttles, like 50%. They cut off, like they, they add on, I should say four or five seconds a lap. Yes. To save fuel. And they're saving fuel for themselves who did not pit, but they're also saving for the guys who did pit who would have had to pit again. Mm-hmm. Now they're getting to a situation where they don't. Finally, Christopher Bell says, screw this. I'm I'm going. And he did. And then everybody had to pit. It was fantastic. It was gutsy for Blaney and Bell to make that call that early in the race. And it didn't work for them at that time. Um, but, man, that was... Oh, it was cool when they started turning it on. I was like, oh, here yeah. we go. It was so weird. So like I didn't notice at first because like they weren't talking about it on the broadcast yet. Um, But like I, I'm on Twitter and watching the race and somebody said like, man, it seems like they're going at like half speed right that now. It was like, weird. it was somebody and on like, Truex's yeah. radio. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Said, and Truex said, said yeah. we are crawling right now. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah. I'm just sitting there looking at him. I'm like, God, it looks like the. Looks like the ride along the the driving experience cars. Like, yeah, and then they show somebody's throttle, and it's he's Blaney's going 170 miles an hour. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> so here's yeah. what I thought first. So this was right before they talked about the fuel thing, because then they got really deep into it, and they you know they ta- they explained all what was going on. So a couple weeks ago, so I mean the NASCAR charter system right now is in a terrible flux. They hired the lawyer that got all the NCAA athletes p- paid. The teams are at odds with NASCAR. It's a mess. I don't know the business side of things, but let's see what happens. Right. Uh, 
who knows if we're gonna what's gonna happen this could be the biggest story it could be nothing but it could be the biggest thing to happen in stock car racing ever sure anyways there were talks that there would be some kind of symbolic like everyone pits on the same like some kind of weird thing that was shot down obviously didn't happen but when i saw like drivers going at hundreds i'm like something seems odd like i've never because i've never seen nope we've never had racing at daytona like that before like right that's, I mean, we obviously we have people saving fuel. We saw it at Talladega last year. We saw like that. Uh, people save fuel all the time, but we never saw the pack doing that. So like, uh, that's the first thing I thought. And this what brought through my head, like after five seconds, it scared me for a second. Like, how are we going to do something stupid? But no, they were just doing a different stupid thing and saving fuel. But yeah. then it turned into like the all the strategy and everything really bunched up the field. Like, oh, it was threw fantastic. Everything into a it was loop. fantastic. And then you it had so like, intense. Then you had this this pack catching up to this pack. And then guys getting a lap down, but trying to work their way back into the pack so they didn't, mm-hmm. so they could get the lucky dog. I mean, the racing was fantastic, yes. and the the best racing move came at the end of the first stage, where the four hundred guys just put on a clinic on how to get your guys in the top five, because William Byron was leading, and then there was a huge run coming with Chase and Larson on the bottom. Mm-hmm. And he dove up and slowed down the top lane to let them shoot by and then went right behind them. It was like, and then all of the Hendrick guys were up top. I was like, that was the best move I've ever seen. Yeah. It looked like they practiced. Yeah. Oh like. yeah. It was fantastic. <laughs> so Chase gets the first stage uh, and then everybody pits obviously. Um, and then stage two. Yeah. The thing is, is like when you're thinking about these races, like you try to do it by the wrecks that happened. If there weren't, yeah, there were barely any wrecks. Yeah, stage two was pretty clean. Blaney won stage two mm-hmm. with um, a with a dirty move on Cindric. Yes, he yeah, left he let Cindric he let him go to dry. But considering like Cindric wrecked him for the Daytona 500, right? And like they're you know, yeah, I can't Cindric blame him. Wrecked him for the Daytona 500, and also like. They didn't really, when they came in, when they all came in the pit together mm-hmm. in the first stage, they kind of left Blaney out to dry. Yeah. So he was like, okay, so it's just me. He even said it on the radio. It was like, okay, well, it, when it comes down to it, it's just me out here. And so then he leaves Cindric out to dry and wins stage two. Yeah, that was, that was awesome. Yes. Then so, yeah, stage, he really seemed, yeah. yeah, yeah. So Blaney really made himself, it looked like Penske was the team to beat at this stage. Yep. Because then... Yeah, it was stage three towards the end of the race. It was Logano. Logano almost mm-hmm. led a quarter of this race. And it doesn't seem like that because there's so much going on. It doesn't seem like right. he led so much of that race. However, um, yeah. Then uh, we like the way that they were, they were three wide. I've never seen the cup cars wiggling as much as they were. Yes. In the yeah. pack three wide. And it was just even like the guys in the booth were like, it's going to happen at any moment. Like it's yeah. going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Then it happens. All hell breaks loose. Everybody. Logano's Everybody gone. crashed. They were all gone. Yeah. Blaney's and gone. And right at this point. Or, they, I'm sorry, not Blaney at this point. Spoiler alert. Uh, right. Yeah. At this point, this was um, Bubba just came on. They just told Bubba, we don't have fuel for you. We, you don't yes, have this fuel. was with yeah. like eight laps to go. So this was the Blaney one. Yeah. Yeah. Blaney, yeah. Yep. Yep. But it was everybody. Yeah. It was pretty. It was a huge amount of cars. Yeah. And we hadn't, I'm sorry, I, I hate to go back like this, but we haven't talked about this. Kyle Bush probably passed 300 cars. Yeah, he was he back and forth. starting in the back, 
and then working his way to the front and then like he'd have a, and then he had a loose wheel so he had to come back in and fix it start in the back and then he had something else happen and he had to start in the back and then he had something else happen he passed like 300 cars it was crazy how much he went through the field and dominated and uh, then still doesn't win the race and he still didn't win the race he was my pick but yeah so towards the end of the race they told Bubba was like hey you're you're a little bit short there's 8 laps to go and then credit to his uh, his spotter who's probably the one that pointed out was like hey they're going to wreck. You might as well just lay back. Don't be a part of it. Then you can come get gas and you're going to probably get a top 10 finish. He's like, bet. So he does and it. It worked. And then it worked wrecked. perfectly. And they wrecked. Yeah. It was crazy. I mean, the, it was, I'm trying to remember who did it. So here's the, it so, was Bowman. So yeah, it was Brad pushing Bowman who just got Byron out of shape. Like obviously, you know, it was just yeah. came from Rose behind, they, I which mean, is how all point, the crashes in the clash at this happened. Point, they're but, pushing and they're not letting up because the 500s on the line were under 10 mm-hmm. laps to go. Everybody's mm-hmm. gunning for it. So you can't blame anybody. Bowman gets into Byron who slides into, uh, uh, who did he hook? I don't even remember. I don't remember point. who he hooked. Then they all went. And it yep. missed lead, the leader, Ross Chastain. It missed him by Barely. a millimeter. Yes. And he's fine. Oh, it was Suarez. Didn't he hook Suarez? Yes. Yeah, yes. he hooked Suarez. And then it was everybody behind. And then, yeah, the, it was just. Brad was out. Lagana was out. 20-something cars got True in X. some way, yeah. shape, or form, mm-hmm. um, which didn't leave a lot left. Uh, and then it, And then it looked like. I was like, oh my God, I just said Ross Chastain isn't that dude. And now he's going to win the Daytona 500. Yes. Like I was, I was in panic mode, quite honestly. Um, and then I forgot that he's Ross Chastain. Yeah. Because, uh, but can I bring this up? Please. Beautiful car. Oh, fantastic car. Oh my God. Yeah, that is a beautiful car. Yeah. Um, so earlier that day, you texted me. You said, forget everything I said. Alex Bowman is going to win this I race. I did. I did. And damn it, Tommy, you were a judgment call away from being right. right. I, you know, I'm <laughs> saying I was right. Yeah. Um, I, you know, it was for, for a little bit. I would yeah. have agreed. So we're coming down. So Byron gets to the lead. Thanks to a huge push from Bowman. Mm-hmm. They're coming down to it. Uh, they're coming to take the white flag at the same time as Byron taking the white flag. Ross Chastain makes one of the dumbest moves I've seen and totally runs into Cindric. And so here's, so I thought the same thing too, but they, I think they made the same move at the same time to the same spot. How does Ross keep getting away with doing stupid things? I don't, I don't think I'm it was on him. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of it. I, no, I, I think re- I, I refuse to believe it. Cindric thinks that it was Corey LaJoy's fault. Um, I think it was just, I honestly, it's one of them racing deals. It, well, sure. Yeah. It's for the yeah, 500 but, one lap to go, but Ross like just was going to dive down and make a heroic move. And he ended up, which I think would have been the coolest move of all time. Well, no, because it's Martinsville. Yeah. I think it was the coolest move. Of okay. Then yeah, you're right. But, uh, <laughs> he wrecks. So then the caution comes out and it has Byron as the leader and the winner, mm-hmm. which I thought it was, Oh, Byron won. like, I didn't even think it was close. And then you yeah. show me the shot and it was a whole lot closer than I thought yes. it was. Yeah. I was and the whole time very right. Like they, so Fox never showed the, what they used for the caution. Like I've been waiting said, to oh, go Byron's in on the, the broadcast winner. until the Xfinity yeah. broadcast, but yeah, go on. Yeah. But 
Like it really from everything Fox showed, I'm like Bowman won that race. <laughs> like yeah. they really didn't help their case. It's like Bowman won the race, right? Like yeah. What ha- like I just said, oh Alex Bowman won the Daytona 500. That's cool, and he didn't win it. Yeah. Well then, but, yeah, and then well, and even in his post race thing, he was like, yeah, he was. He I knew it was it, William. But- like yeah. I knew it, but I I still wanted to hear it. <laughs> An extra hundred yards, and it wasn't like because right. Bowman was way fa- like he was passing, he was, him. like yeah, it was over. He was fat. He was passing him, and I think he could have held him off if, it, oh, if they had to sure. come around. But um, yeah, so Byron gets to twenty four back in victory lane at Daytona, um, forty the years fortieth anniversary of, of their Motorsports. first win or their for their first race, and um, yeah, it was Jeff Gordon was ecstatic. Um, it was cool to see the 24 winning. It was a good looking car. A great looking car. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm never going to be mad at Hendrick winning. That's, um, it was fine. But yeah, it was, it was, it was not. And you know what? I like William Byron. I really like He's William fine. Byron. I got no problem with William Byron. He just doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think I'm just too hard on everybody they had that drives him, a 24 car. I made the mistake of listening to his interview on local sports radio today. Um, mm-hmm. These meatballs have no idea what NASCAR is. They just mm-hmm. asked stupid questions. They were honing in on the on the eye racing thing. Yep. So and then they were like, "Well, how do you go from like playing basically playing Mario Kart to being a NASCAR driver?" Yeah, that's exactly and, what it is. And All William right, had to be up, nice dude. to them, like, but I know ugh. he went. Yeah, I know so he hung up thinking that Chicago was just a bunch of idiots, and that yep. sucks. And they are right historically. Well, yes, yeah. yes, but they want we're a up billion. Here. To- they want a billion dollars to move Comiskey Park a couple blocks. Whatever. I, I send them to Nashville. Another podcast. I don't uh. want to do that here. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, okay. So Byron wins the five hundred, and then we think, "Oh wow, that was a great Daytona five hundred. Let's go to bed." No, nope. We get an Xfinity race now, and the Xfinity are the amazing. best cars in the in the NASCAR circuit. They're the best. I love them so much, uh, and it was chaos. But we only got to see some of the chaos because the broadcast from Fox was absolutely horrid. So I mean, they they've been, they've been yeah. so bad before, but they were, this was the worst I've ever experienced. Yeah, it was, the, it's just the production, man. Like, they're just not getting it right with showing what you should be watching. Like, Especially why are we zooming on, in on the leader when a crash is happening? There should be nothing but aerial shots for restrictor plate races. And if you right. want to do picture in picture when like when there's two different groups, yeah, that's when you do the split. I don't need to see a huge screen of a black bumper on another black bumper and a yeah, little tiny thing showing me eight cars going in different directions. Like, yeah, I only want to see bo- on board should be saved for replays. That's yes. it. Yes, that's all exactly. you need them for. And then I, everything else is fine. Yeah, I'm glad that you have these cool cameras with different I don't need views. the gyro cam. I, don't I thought we care. got rid of that 10 years ago. I don't care. Yeah, I don't yeah. care. Um and it was just so apparent in the Xfinity race because not only did you have the bad production of watching the wrong cameras at the wrong time. You have three guys in the booth who have no idea what's going on in the track. There are so, people literally spinning out on the trioval and they're like, "Well, why is the caution coming out?" Oh my god! Yeah. Oh, caution for debris, and there's six and there's cars. Six crashed. cars yeah. in different directions in the infield. And credit where credit's due. Andy Petrie hasn't called a race since ESPN, but he was the best part of the broadcast. He was candid he was just, with his comments for sure. Yeah, he was very blunt and honest because he's a 
he's like a vice president at Richard Childress Racing. He said Austin Hill's going to win this race, and he did. Yeah, um, but he was super like it was super insightful. It was really nice because he and they didn't expect him to be super unbiased because he got the call like that day, you know, like you're right. just he already works for Fox, but like, hey, just, you know, call this race, whatever. So it wasn't like Dale Jr. where he has to really watch what he says, you know, because he's right. on every race and everything when he has cars in the field. It was just like it was, you know, just like having a guest, like if he was honest and it was it was really good. He's very talented. Mm. Um God bless Michael Waltrip, but get him out of the booth, man. Like I just, I can't do it anymore. Like I, he's a nice yeah. guy, but he's not even. They're not. They're not even watching. They're not even watching. Yeah. They have the best view of all of us, and yeah. they're. It's like they're watching the terrible camera work, and they're like, yes. "Oh, why is the caution out?" Like, yeah, I would like to know, Mikey. Yeah, you're the one that can tell me. Yeah, dude, he's one. He's one here so many times. Like, just. Tell me what it's like. Don't yeah. tell me I've, like, oh, well, these guys are yeah. just having so much fun. And, I've been and I'm just so happy to like, God. I've been complaining about the production of, I mean, even from Fox, from NBC, from, from whoever's doing it, I got problems with it anyways, because F1, I think the racing product in NASCAR is better than the F1 product. Oh, and it's not even, a, it's not but even close. Not the even The production close. that F1 does for their product makes them more popular. Because when you sit down to watch a race, you're going to see nothing but the best parts of the race. When Max Verstappen is three laps ahead of everybody else, they're obviously not going to show him. They're going to show the best thing happening on the race. And yeah. and there are no commercials. They do like when they do picture in picture, the actual live event is the biggest picture. Like yeah. they don't make their replays huge. They don't make their advertisements huge. They're like we know you're tuning in because you want to see the race and we're going to take that seriously. They present it like a sport. This is, is not that serious. so hard. Nobody is yeah. taking this seriously. Why yeah. can't, if you're going to, if you're going to have the stages, I'm okay with the stages, like being like the breaks and the caution laps and stuff being longer during the stages. If you're going to keep me live for the race and show me the race when it's under green. Even and like, like I get, there's nothing you could do for this sport. There's no downtime. Like no, it, you and can't control. Right, you and can't you stop can't, the race for commercials. Right. So we're gonna have green flags under commercial breaks. Like well, that's here's how the they. Thing. I that's think, where they get the money. And here's the thing, I think you assume risk, just like you assume risk with breaking with with uh, wrecking a car. You assume risk that hey, we're gonna pay for this advertisement, and we're gonna be this spot in line. And when we can run that commercial in that spot, we'll run it. We would make no money. The sport would cease to exist, sadly. I, I just hate. <laughs> I wish. I hate I wish. how all of my favorite things, like yeah. NASCAR and baseball and other things, it, like at yeah. the end of the day, it's always just going to be a business. And that's the worst. And now I'm almost 30 and I hate everything. Yeah. But you know who else is almost 30? Austin Hill. And he is the greatest Xfinity restricted play driver really of all time. <laughs> he's really good. I he mean, just, he yeah. wrecked his car twice yeah. and so, went to yeah. the back like eight times and still. Yeah, won you the talk race. about Kyle Bush doing that. He yeah. just did it. It was it was no like no shot. Like it was just okay, I'm gonna pass these 20 cars. And two laps in, he was in third. Like yeah. it's just I he mean, was the best car. He put on a clinic. Yeah, and then next week we're going to Atlanta where he's, he's gonna just win. He's gonna do too. it again. Yeah. Yeah, he's just going to do that again. Which I got, I did have a conversation with somebody who um, 
they talked about how much that they love the new Atlanta because of the race last July or whatever, whenever mm -hmm. it was. And then I got to tell him about going to the Atlanta races and listening to the radio when it was the old pavement and like yeah. how you could hear the guys in the car scared to death that they were going to wreck not only their car, but the cars that they were racing because it was so unpredictable what the tires were about to do. Mm -hmm. Like that's exciting. This, yes, it has, the, you're watching because of the wrecks. I'm watching because I want to see these guys maneuver cars in impossible conditions. Yes. So the thing is, we were so like, they, they did this because the intermediate tracks were, had bad racing for so long, but then we get the car that does it perfectly and they could have just changed nothing. We would have had like the greatest race of all time. Yeah. Like old Atlanta with the next gen cars. Yeah. Would have been fantastic. And, and we've, and we've said this a bajillion times. Like if they had just done this with Texas and left Atlanta alone, then we have a conversation. They should have started doing it with Texas and then just like stopped halfway through and stopped going there. Well, yes. Yeah. yeah. So you know what they're doing to Fontana? They should do that, but like leave it a bigger hole in the ground and then set that hole in the ground on fire and start throwing like artifacts and stuff in there. So there's like a permanent curse. Good idea. It's a good idea. Ryan. Uh Oh, um, I... okay. Real quick. <laughs> who's your pick for next week? Okay. Uh, the Atlanta motor speedway. Um, I'm okay. I'm going with, I'm not going to pick who's going to finish first. I'm going to pick who's going to finish fourth. Okay. And the driver that is going to finish in fourth position is Corey LaJoy. Great. That is all I know. Uh, I and think, the Xfinity race, Austin Hill's going to win that. I think Corey's going to wreck uh, when he's in the lead with like four laps to go. Okay. And Chase is going to win. I think Chase okay. gets a hometown victory. Okay. So I, you know, okay. If, if I have to pick a winner, I'm going to pick Brad Keselowski. I, I would love to see Brad victory yes. line. Finally. Yes. Uh, 20 years of trying. 20 years um, of frustration. All right. Uh, so there you have it. Daytona was fantastic. I don't want to, I don't, I don't like, I know I did a lot of complaining, Daytona but it was, was awesome. like, it was, yeah, that was the best overall. restrictor plate race of these, of these cars that we've seen. Yes. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, I, I guess I'm excited for Atlanta, whatever. Yeah. I'm going to watch and it. And then we're going, yeah. And then we're going to Vegas. Going to Vegas. And that race is going to be fantastic. Yes. Mile and then and you're going to, and then for Phoenix, we might miss it because you're going to be busy. I, yeah, I can't wait to know what I'm about to do. Yeah, isn't that great? Uh, Griffin told me to not to not do anything on March 10th, and I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm doing something. I'm going to yeah, be honest. Are. I've tried to look at the internet to figure it out, and I got nothing. You got nothing? I great. have nothing. Told you it's the accounting expo. <laughs> Whatever. Hang out with the pencil pushers. Right. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Um, we'll talk about Atlanta next week. Best of luck, everybody, in your week ahead.